I am so excited to be here tonight with Erica Harrell, who is an educator. She's an entrepreneur, and we're going to learn more about her story and her business. And so go ahead and welcome her into the chat um, as I just kind of frame up our time together and uh, just briefly introduce myself in case we have not met. So my name is Erica Jordan Thomas, and I am an educator, former teacher, former assistant principal, former principal, and just wrapped up my doctoral program. And am as of two weeks ago, I'm a full-time entrepreneur, edupreneur. And so my consulting business, I launched in October 2017 of coaching and developing school leaders as well as help helping districts with their equity work. And then about a little over a year ago, I launched the second arm of my business, which is called Get Launch Consulting, which is a program that helps educators expand their impact and go after their freedom through launching their own education consulting business from their values. And so we're here tonight with Erica Harrell, who was a member of Cycle 6, so fresh out Fresh out <laughs> of um, So this is going to be good. This is going to be so good because, well, I feel like, well, we're going to get into her story because I feel like it could be easy for me to make the assumption that you just started when I actually think there you've been dibbling and dabbling in a few different ways. So Erica, welcome. First off, Thank I'm so you. excited you're here tonight. Thank and. So just to to kick us off, share with folks your story. Um, let us know kind of your education movie trailer, where you started, stops you, long, you made along the way, and what is present for you right now. So I, similar to you, Erica, former teacher, I did leadership in a charter school in DC. So different titles, but basically assistant principal, principal, mm-hmm. and transition to network roles. So I've been in education about 12 years now, and now work full-time for an educational nonprofit um, and just launched my ed consulting business officially, I guess now. Well, I was just in cycle six. So January, February, March, basically. Uh, <laughs> right? Maybe a little bit. After. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So I now um, part-time ed consulting, supporting schools and networks around professional development and specifically around their strategy for professional development, ensuring that it's aligned to goals, ensuring that it's engaging and really supporting with that work. So it has been really fun. A little bit of hard work, definitely. But it's been exciting to launch that part of my professional career. Oh, this is going to be so good because we're catching you at the early stage of your journey, even though, like you said, you've put in a lot of hard work and you've planted a lot of seeds, you've watered a lot of seeds and your seeds are already starting to, to blossom. So I'm hesitant you know, to say early because in, in time-wise, it's early in your journey, but in terms of what you've been able to accomplish already, you've been able to make some some really, really, you've already been able to have an impact. So, and I'm excited for folks to be able to learn from you. And so for folks who are joining us, as we go throughout our time together, if you have any questions, no matter how big or how small, drop those into the chat and I'll make sure that we get those answered. But I want to highlight, we are talking to Erica tonight, who she started her business January of this year. It is right now, it is May. So for my folks who are on that early, early stage and they're thinking like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Or I just started, I'm trying to navigate these things. We have the gift of being able to learn from her. So Erica, take us back to whether it was like November or December. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, what was present for you in that time frame? Like right before you made this decision, what was present for you that caused you, that led you to make this decision? Yeah. So I had been following you for a long time and we were in a program together, principal program. So we knew each other, but I just up until that point, I guess November, December, I was just questioning myself so much and not sure if it was right for me or what I would do if I did an ed consulting business. I always had the entrepreneurial bug. Like I 
tried some virtual assistant stuff while I was on maternity leave. I oh, was like trying I different that. things, yep. but I just couldn't find really what was right for me. And so I had transitioned in November into a new role full time, and it just was less demanding role than being in a network, a school network. And so I decided now's the time to like go 100% in. And I said to myself, I was just going to do the program full out and see what came of it. I just said, let's just do that. Give yourself that and see what comes of it. And so I just decided to go for it. I took, did attended one of your webinars and was like, all right, now's the time. Let me just, mm. just give myself this opportunity and see what comes of it. So what did you feel like? Because, you know, I think people are drawn to entrepreneurship for a variety of different reasons. And so like, what was the thing that was pulling you towards entrepreneurship? I feel like I've always had like an entrepreneurial bug or spirit, which I think is why I love teaching because I always mm-hmm. felt like, yes, it's the start of the year. I get to create like this culture with my kids. Like I just was so drawn to it. So I think I've always kind of, I don't know where that came from, if I'm honest. I think when I was a kid, I was selling friendship bracelets or trying to. <laughs> <laughs> candy bars. Yeah, something. Yes. <laughs> but like as an adult, I always liked the like creation, starting something new, leading something, owning something, driving things forward, which is why, like I said, teaching and education, I think just work. And then I do think like seeing different educators starting their businesses just on social media and talking about it, being like, hmm, this is interesting. And seeing so many different types of businesses feeling like, oh, I can find my my niche, my area, what problem I want to solve and being excited about that. Mm. I love what you just said is that I've always been drawn to entrepreneurship, which is why I think I love, like I became a teacher. And so, because I don't think most people realize that teaching is a form of entrepreneurship. And the term that many folks might use would be intrapreneurship, where Essentially, your the organization isn't new, but you are creating new within an existing organization. And so I really love that point that you made because I think many educators have this misconception that the pivot into entrepreneurship is going to be this sharp, like something that's so new and so, you know, it's just this drastic change when actually there's so many connections behind where you're already creating and developing within an existing organization, like it's it's the same way of being, it's the same skill set, it's the same orientation. You're now just doing it and creating your own organization. So I just appreciate you naming that point. Is that as educators, we are entrepreneurs. So we we are actually already creating new things within existing organizations, and we actually are already embodying mindsets of entrepreneurs within existing organizations. So you made this decision. I'm going to do it. So tell, walk us through, and I, I'm bringing this up because I know the, I know your story and I think this is going to be so helpful for people to hear. Walk us through with like, when you first started, what you thought your business would be mm-hmm. to the place where you are now. Because I think a lot, a part of a, a lot of people are just wondering like, well, how do I narrow down? What do, how do I pick the thing? So talk to us a little bit around like, where did you, what did you think your, the problem you were going to start solving in your business and how you got to where you are now with the current problem you're solving? Yep. I'm glad you asked because I literally had zero idea. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this whole entire program. Like I'm going to take all the advice that Erica gives us. And I have no idea what I want my problem to be. Like I, I didn't come in being like, I'm going to be like a DEI consultant. I'm going to be a math. I, had, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know. I was at a place where I was at my current school. I had been there for almost 10 years and I was transitioning to... I had transitioned to a couple different roles in the last few years. So I was in a place where like, and even my CEO was like, what do you want to do? Even like professionally, I was like, I don't, I just need like reflection time. (laughs) Um, So I really had no idea. And so getting to what problem I wanted to solve felt really good and was a, a really good process for me. I remember reflecting on all of my years of experience and saying like, what did I, what things did I really, really enjoy? Like like lit me up. I was working late, working early, like 
at the school just doing all this work, what was I doing when I was in that zone of like really, truly enjoying? And where did I get the results that got me super excited? And that's how I landed on professional development. My first year as a principal, my CEO was like, so now you're in charge of the summer PD, which is a four week long PD for a hundred staff. Like, And I was like, okay. And just digging into that, I lit up every single year that I mm. ended up having to lead that. And I remember the first year having some challenges in it and working to figure it out. And so I knew that other principals or school leaders or districts could have similar challenges. And so that got me really excited. Even when I picked that though, I was still not sure if that's what I wanted to do. I needed needed some extra affirmation, I guess. And so you taught us to use data and look at that. And so that helped when I Mm -hmm. dug deep and found some data that showed that this is a problem. And then I went another step because I still was not convinced. (laughs) Um, And I went into Facebook groups and like asked teachers, you know, there's these Facebook groups with thousands and thousands of teachers. And I'm like, what's the best PD you've ever been to? What's the worst? And they like went off. Like I got over a hundred responses just with all this bad PD. And then I asked leaders within leader Facebook groups too. So yeah, I didn't know to start what I wanted to do. I actually was just like... I'm just going to trust the process of Get Launch Consulting and I'm going to gonna figure out what it is I'm passionate about and really want to support schools in. And this is where I landed. Oh, so a couple of steps that you named that were so good of realizing that in your business, you get to choose what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I think that's, I, I think it's such a, it's a radical shift that which shouldn't be a radical shift, mm-hmm. but it's a radical mm-hmm. shift for us as educators, like where we've been, we haven't always had the choice of what we should or what we can and cannot do. We've just had to do it all. Mm-hmm. And so we're used to going through the motions because we're good at something, but we may not necessarily be fulfilled by it. So for example, if I'm a, a high school math teacher and I love geometry. Ge- geometry like lit me up. I might only have one or two blocks of geometry, but I still had to teach algebra two. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, well, I'll take this other block. I could do it. But like, that doesn't really like fire me up. We're like in your business, like you have the opportunity to choose what you want. So if you're going to choose something, it should be something that gives you joy. Like something that lights you up. And I think that's one of the hardest parts in the early stage of your business of defining the problem. Because the reality is, is as educators, we have solved many problems. Mm -hmm. But what's the problem you want to commit your own time and business and resources to, to solving with other people? So I thought that was really interesting in you naming that. And then the second piece you named is you did some market research of like, you went to talk to people. And I even remember this moment where in our, in Get Launch Consulting, we have a private Facebook group. And I remember that moment you had made a post and you were like, I think this is what I want to do, Petey, but will people want that? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, is, will people be interested in that? And I was like, girl, yeah. <laughs> and but, I even... Go ahead. Sorry. But no, but I was going to say, but I love, I love this pattern that you create, you're creating for yourself of like, and I think this is the recipe to addressing our belief system of if I'm struggling to, to see this, actually, let me go and find data and data could be the actual evidence literature data could be, let me talk to some people and hear their experience. So just naming this power move that you made of when you see a belief creeping up of like, this is what I want to do, but I'm not sure if people are interested in that. Let me actually talk to people and get some data back on that. Was that kind of like super clear that you should do that thing? Did you feel nervous of going into these Facebook groups and just dropping? Like, how did you come to that experience? Because essentially you put yourself out there. <laughs> like, I'm testing yeah. this out a little bit. How did you, how did that feel for you? I have been posting in those groups every now and then, maybe like once a week or so since then. And every time I feel nervous, <laughs> every time I'm like, what are they going to say? Because I mean, we we all are educators. Sometimes we can just be in a space and say some not so nice things <laughs> or like respond a certain way. And I'm just like, okay, what, what are folks going to say? So I definitely 
still and did feel nervous. But I was just like, you said you were going to do this. You said you were going to 100% do every single module, do all the homework. So <laughs> if you need to pick a problem, you need to, to do this. Mm-hmm. So I just pushed through. And when I posted and I got all the responses that were like affirming pretty much what I was thinking or like helping me to get closer to a specific problem. I was just like, that really wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad to post in the group. So, I mean, I still get nervous, but now I'm just kind of like, well, and the other thing is, I know this is probably not the best, but like, if for some reason you don't want to see responses anymore, you can delete the posts out of those groups. Exactly. Like, you, you are the author. So if the worst case scenario, you don't want to see it anymore, just delete it. Delete it. Just delete it. Mm-hmm. Just delete mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Okay, we're going to jump into, because you're starting to talk about the mindset work. And let me tell you, you are a mind trash slayer because the way <laughs> you just slay mind trash left and right, we we definitely need to talk about that. But before we get there, let's just kind of like plot out your roadmap a little bit. So you got clear. I'm going to focus on on supporting school leaders in designing, delivering effective professional development. And then... Where did you go from there? And I even named a couple of terms, but you have a whole framework of t- in terms of how you think about this. But once you narrowed in on PD, where did you go mm-hmm. from from there? Yep. So I actually had gotten the one-on-one consultation with you. I think that was what it was mm-hmm. called, as part of Get Launched Consulting. And when we got to schedule when we wanted it, I actually strategically looked at the time of the modules because I knew my challenge was going to be about picking my problem because like I said earlier, like I just came in being like, I have no idea what I want to do. And I knew that this professional space that I was in. And so I strategically scheduled it right after that module, mm-hmm. which also ended up being, and I didn't realize the very it was the day that the module came out around your services. And I felt really good like somehow by myself without your support, I felt really good about my problem. And so I was like, shoot, I really need something to talk to Erica about. Like I have this time with her. I need to pick her brain. So I like that morning got up early to watch the modules for the next services. Like what services do you want to select or, you know, do you want to focus on in your business? So that's where I went next. And we talked through it. You gave me the idea of VIP days and gave me a resource of someone to follow. Um, around intensives. And I realized how much they really did align to the work that I wanted to do with schools. And the added benefit that I realized from an intensive or a VIP day was that I, as a school leader, personally, like felt like time was not on my side most of the time. And so a one day intensive where I could work with someone for just six hours or eight hours and get all these plans ready to go, start rolling it out to my team, like and just be able to execute like I would anyways, felt really, really aligned to personally what I would like to deliver, but then also what I felt like my target audience, my clients would like to receive. And so mm-hmm. I started to... I decided on a VIP day to be my focus around what I, how I was going to deliver my services and started to watch the resource that you shared with me. Um, I actually attended her... I think she had like a was it called seminar or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I didn't get to attend everything live, but I rewatched the replays to just do some more learning about that. And then I started planning it out, like building the PowerPoint, pulling resources that I've used in the past and making them my own and you know, all that. I also started doing like co-working with other members of mm-hmm. Cycle Six and we were giving each other feedback. So that was really helpful. So yeah, I think that's where I, and then at the same time I decided I wasn't going to be ready to build a website right away because that just overwhelms. Like in my head, I was like, I can't even think about pictures and Mm -hmm. all the words Mm -hmm. I had to go on. (laughs) So I decided though that I should start Instagram and use that not as a website, but as a form for people to start to understand like my beliefs around professional development, how I would support them and also to help start like building an audience outside of the people I already know. Yeah. So, okay, so let's unpack this a little bit for folks because you shared something that is really meaningful. There's there's an art and a science to picking your services. Some people focus more on the science of like the time that, you know, I have to commit or 
just what I'm used to. Like people um, typically think through a certain criteria, but then there's a science of it of what are the actual needs of my client and what are my strengths? And then what is the service model that's going to allow me to lean into my strengths while also meeting the needs and maybe potentially pain points or constraints of my client. And so I think that's really important for people to think about because, you know, one of the things that you'll hear oftentimes in the entrepreneurial space is, is you have to fall in love with the problem, not the solution. Because if you fall in love with the problem, it will allow you to arrive at a a solution that is so meaningful and so much more aligned to your values and your audience than if you just focus on, well, my consulting business does PD. And it's like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) Like, what's the problem? (laughs) And is PD actually the most effective lever to solving that problem? So you got to deeply fall in love with the problem, which I think you've done in a really beautiful way of falling in love with your problem through talking to different people, learning about their experience, learning about their pain points and their constraint and this pain point of like, I am limited on time. So I don't have time to commit to a six-week coaching program. I don't have time to like be offline in these ways. If we could get it done in a day, then that would really set me up. And so for folks, just so that way folks know what a VIP day is, and the the person that Erica is referencing, her name is Jordan Gill. You can you know reach out. She's extremely active on Instagram. I'm sure she's on other media social media platforms, but she specializes in VIP days. And a VIP day is essentially a a three to six hour experience where you are working side by side with your client. And some people, they actually structure them differently where it's not necessarily side by side, where there's like a bookends where like we do, we meet at the beginning. Some people will schedule a a meeting at the top of the the time chunk and at the bottom and in between the person is doing the work. So there's, there's many different models to VIP days. But the whole point is, is that it is a time intensive, intimate experience where your client comes with, and they have a little bit of pre-work that they have to do, but they come and they leave with the solution. Um, And so, for example, if a website designer were to have a VIP day, if they would be, uh, I would build you a website (laughs) in six hours. So I might start the day getting all of your information, which means you have to come prep with your bio, what you want, your different tabs. We talk through your branding, your colors. All right, now I'm going to go work for four hours. And then the last hour I reveal, I get feedback, make tweaks, whatever. So I just, I just highlight that because I think that's something that's so unique to you is like the art that you leaned into of picking your service model of a VIP day, which I mean, it makes so much sense given your target audience and given the problem that you're solving. So you picked your service model, which you determined is a VIP day and from the VIP day, you then determined this focus on social media. Because, and I love the fact that you said a website is stressful to think about right now. When you are just starting in your business, a website is stressful to think about. <laughs> We've created this like, <laughs> we need to have a website first. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. So you you landed on social media as your your branding lever. So talk to us how you thought about social media. Because if you don't follow Erica, you need to follow her because she has a super strong social media presence and strategy. But how did you think about your content? And and then we'll we'll talk some technicalities. But how did you think about your content? Yeah, so I'm very competitive, even if I'm competing <laughs> with myself. So I decided I knew, like like you said, and like I said, I didn't want to do a website, but I knew I wanted to get some presence online. So folks were trying to learn about me, they had somewhere to go. And so I knew that, like I said, I've been kind of dabbling in this entrepreneurial stuff a little bit, tried the virtual assistant. So I knew a little bit about how folks were using Instagram. But I knew that I wanted to have a few posts at the bottom, even if they weren't the best posts, because they were going to be my first. (laughs) So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to have some to like, just show that I'm a real person, show that I know what I'm talking about, you know, just put put some of my stuff out there. So my competitive spirit said, you're doing a 30-day challenge with yourself. And literally, I did a challenge by myself. 
And I said, you know, I could do quotes, I could do um, introducing myself, I just brainstormed a few things that I could just put every single day. And I had a really simple spreadsheet where I just kind of one day tried to do the whole 30 days, here's what I'm gonna do this day, this here's what I'm gonna do this day. It wasn't pretty, it was just literally a calendar type thing. And some days I planned and had four or five days ready to go. And then some days I literally was waking up in the morning and typing out a post and making something, an image and putting it up. So it wasn't pretty and it wasn't perfect, but it was meeting my challenge and it was getting a social media presence out there. And then, so I did that to start. But then as I was working through and creating my VIP days, I realized that there was like a framework, a method that Mm -hmm. I had gone through as a principal to plan out summer training, to plan out professional development for a school year. So I came up with the AMP method, which was four steps. And now it's actually down to three because I combined a step. So you can make an improvement here. (laughs) But um, I went ahead and scheduled each week to discuss one of the four steps. So that got me over 30 days at that point mm-hmm. because I did this like a, a week or two into starting. So then after that, I was just like, just keep going. But I planned every single week. One week was on assess the current state. And I decided I was going to go live one day and I would post the other days. And then the next was measures of success and went through the entire method of planning out your school's professional development. And so that's how I started to think about Instagram, social media. I also, I feel like I did, I was doing a whole lot. Um, I was just trying to get out there. So I also did within cycle six, I asked folks if they wanted to like co-moderate some rooms Mm. in Clubhouse or go live together. I was on Clubhouse. I don't know if Isis is still on. I saw that she popped up, but I was on Clubhouse and met a um, another educator and we went live around a topic mm-hmm. that we shared and we actually did a, we did live and we did co-moderated a clubhouse room. So I was just trying to like do different things and see what I enjoyed. And I also found it like I also shared this with other folks. I tried to practice my message and what, you know, how I would talk about my business. And so it was just I didn't put too much pressure on myself. I wasn't trying to be perfect. I just was like, just get out there, practice, talk to people, see what feels good. Uh, You leaned into the experimentation of just like Mm -hmm. experimenting. Like you just, you, this is one of the mindsets, one of the early mindset hurdles that I see a lot of people coming into the program with where they're so afraid to take the first step or like they put so much pressure on themselves to take the first step when it's like, you got to lower the stakes for yourself, lower the stakes and reframe this as an opportunity of like, because I'm starting something like treat it like your classroom, where it's like, if I'm in my classroom and I'm a first year teacher, meaning I don't have teaching experience. And so because I don't have, I haven't done this before, I'm just going to experiment with my lessons. (laughs) Like one day I'm going to do a stop and shot. The next day, I'm going to do, you know, some manipulatives. And then the day after that, I'm going to do Kahoot or quit or whatever. Like you just experiment to see like what works for you, what works for your classroom. It's the same thing in your business. You just got to experiment because when you experiment, you get data back around for yourself of how did this feel? Mm-hmm. Did I like it? Because if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. But also mm-hmm. like, how did my audience respond to this? Because I remember you shared me this reflection around Clubhouse. Do you remember that reflection that you shared when you tried it around like how that impacted Instagram? Oh, I think I got... So I I think I was talking in a room. I don't even think I was hosting a room. I don't remember the reflection. But I know that most times when I talk in Clubhouse rooms, I will my followers will go up. Like folks will find me and follow me. So yeah, I definitely just started... I definitely agree with the experimentation piece. And I think the other piece is, especially if you're starting a new account, or even if you probably have an existing account, I don't know how how it really works, but you're probably not going to have that many people watch. So if you feel like you mess up or it doesn't go well, now is the time to practice that. And that's how I felt. I was like, well, I'm just going to go live. And let's say, I think I had like two people show up to my first live. And I was like, great. And the next one I had like four or five. Uh, and so I just was like, you know, this is the time to practice when the 
when you said like lower the stakes, stakes are not high and see what you like to do too. Yeah. Yeah. And consistency matters. And I think that's one thing that I've observed in, in how you're building your business is like, even when you said like, I told myself I'm going to do this for 30 days. And that was a consistency challenge. And like, and I'm curious after you did that for 30 days, what did you learn? Like, what did you take away from that? So I felt like technically I was like, this is actually not that hard. I, that was one thing. The other Mm -hmm. thing I, I realized was like, oh, I actually do have a lot to say about this topic and I am enjoying solving this problem. Because I think the other thing that I wouldn't have been scared, like, I think as maybe this is not the right way to go about <laughs> like the belief to have, but like if I had showed up for 30 days and I was like, I'm not feeling this topic. I don't have anything to talk about. People aren't excited. Like I don't get any data. I probably would have just like deleted the Instagram account and be like, Erica, I'm changing my problem. <laughs> um, Which is fine. But so I think like it gave me feedback for myself. Like I learned like, oh, I really am passionate about this. Oh, I really do like talking about professional development. I really do want to help people. I want to help principals so that their teachers can feel the impact so that their students can feel the impact. I think it just confirmed the problem for me. It confirmed the work I want to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked to Lydia last night who talked about, who basically said that entrepreneurship is a spiritual journey. And when she said that, I was like, oh my God, yes, it's such a spiritual journey because you learn so much about yourself through that process. And one of my personal learnings in entrepreneurship is realizing, realizing my internalized depression as a Black woman, and then also realizing my internalized depression as an educator. Like I had normalized so many dysfunctional thoughts and patterns because they were normal in education. And so like I had to realize and retrain myself to realize that I have the right to change my mind. <laughs> like I can, I can change my mind because I wasn't used to, to that. It felt like a privilege when it's actually not a privilege. Like you could just yeah. change your mind. If you don't want to do it, do something different. Yeah. But we don't always have that privilege as educators of the pivot of if I want to do this, but then I change my mind and I want to do this other thing. And in some ways we do, but in other ways, in other ways we don't. Um, And so I think to what you just said of like 30 days, I got affirmed in my problem and like, this is what I want to do. And the beauty of being an entrepreneur is like, if you didn't get affirmed by the end of that 30 days, you pick a new problem. And like, you can pivot. And so, and I've, and I've seen that happen for so many people because part of it is, again, we've, we've been socialized as educators to be generalist, to, to be the master of everything. So like, we usually don't, don't niche down as educators. Like we are, are, we've normalized spreading ourselves thin across many different things (laughs) and doing all of the things that now when we have the opportunity to go deep and be an expert, it's like, oh my God, I don't even know where I would start to go deep because I have so many things I'm so used to doing because I've I've never had a choice to say no to these things. And so just just naming all of this mindset stuff, which we're getting ready to get to. But before we get to that, I do want you to talk about some of the technicalities of this, because I think this comes up a lot for people of like, a, a partic- well, in general, when they talk about their business, but also social media, people talk about time. How do I find the time? You're still working full time. You also are a mom. And so you are a lot of the things that come up for people in terms of how would I create space for this or where would I find this space? Talk to us in general about your business, but what specifically social media? Because I think a lot of people feel that tension of how do I find the time for that? And how did you navigate that? Yeah, I'm still figuring it out. And some weeks are better than others. But in general, what I, I started to talk a little bit about it is that I try to either get up early before the baby wakes up, which doesn't always happen. <laughs> I used to be an early riser, not mm-hmm. so much anymore. Or I will just work once he goes to sleep. If I know this is business, but we had to we had to sleep train like a month ago because he was not sleeping and I was not it was not working. So mm-hmm. sometimes you gotta do some personal stuff to make the business stuff work is what I'm finding too. So either I'll find the time. 
morning after he goes to sleep or on the weekend, I have a really, really supportive husband who will say, you know, take him out for a walk and I can get some things done. And then, like I said, sometimes I just wake up and I am creating an image on my phone and writing the caption on my phone when I'm just not, not that planned yet. So, but what I'm doing to help me to be able to just make that image or that caption is I try to be a month planned out in terms of what are the topics I want to talk about each day on my post. And so I, you shared a calendar with us. I had a calendar that I'm just literally putting a one sentence or a one word or a couple of word phrase of this is the topic. And then if I can get to that in the early morning or, or on the weekend, then I'll plan out like the, the next week and actually type up the captions. And then I also have just been giving myself grace. And sometimes a caption is one word or yes. a smiley face. <laughs> like if it, it just, it isn't always these long, long things that are super, super meaningful. Sometimes they're just like, have a great day. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I, that's how I've generally been planning. I started to use Planoly, which is like a scheduling app. And honestly, I like that just because you don't have to type the hashtags every time. You can mm. copy and paste them. And that's so small, but it saved me some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started using Planoly. Sorry, I put notes. I'm trying to remember if there were any other things in terms of social media. I also started I, on Canva. I created some like template type thing. So if you look at my mm. feed, you'll see that most of my lives are the same thing with just a color change and a picture change. And then mm. I just update the information. So that also helps because some some weeks I only been creating like one or two, two captions. And then what I did most recently was actually purchase some templates from another entrepreneur who created Canva templates. So that has... I've started to use those. So I'm just changing the colors and the fonts in those too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Y'all, there's so many parallels between this and what we do as educators, where it's like you Mm -hmm. create a system. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Where if it's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this done? It's like you create a system, whether in your classroom, it was classroom jobs, or if it was like, I have to get myself on this schedule to know that like during my planning, I can't ha ha and kiki for like 60 yep. minutes or 90 <laughs> minutes where I'm like, I'm going to spend 30 minutes grading the quiz. I'm going to spend 30 minutes making copies yep. and then 30 minutes doing my lunch. Like you have done this before and it's a translation into your business. The, it's the same translation. I'll also name two because I, I say this out of love. I'd be hearing some folks say this and I'd be like, that really ain't a roadblock. You just scared. Like, I, I, like I, I know we busy. I know we got a lot on our plates. But like, sometimes we create this illusion of an obstacle because we're afraid to fail. Or like, we're afraid to go after something that is like unknown. Because there's other times in your life where you have many things moving and going on in your life. But there was something you were so committed to you made time you got for it, it done. Yeah. <laughs> like you got it done. Yep. And so just naming that, that like for my people who ask that question, usually like there's something a little bit deeper underneath. And I'm not saying that like time is in, like an infinite resource for us. I'm not saying that at all. But also naming that sometimes there can be a little bit of fear of like, or avoidance of, mm-hmm. well, if mm-hmm. I sit down and do this thing and I don't immediately get a client, then that means that I failed or I, or this doesn't work. When it's like, no, that's yeah. not what that means. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause you might have been sitting down playing in Canva for an hour and maybe yeah. that wasn't the best use of that hour. So, yeah. <laughs> so just naming that. So let's talk about the mindset work. And again, if y'all have questions, drop those into the chat. We'll make sure that we, we get those answers. We have just a couple minutes left. So Erica, if you had to name one to two mindsets that you have actively taken on to like defeat, or maybe you still might be working through that have come up in your business, what would those be? So I think the the one that I feel like I had to, I still, I'm still thinking about as I work on getting more clients is around like my value and how much to charge. And so I had to like, remember the 
education I have, remember all the experience I have, remember the results I've gotten. Also, I mentioned my husband before, but I also had him cheerleading in the background being like, mm-hmm. what? So you better raise that price mm-hmm. like as I was sending my first proposal. So that is definitely something that I think I had to get through with um, my first time I was charging someone for these services. And I still am probably going to continue to have to like remember all of those things as I continue to have people pay me for the work that I'm doing. (laughs) Because I also think that as educators, we do so much that we think like, oh, we don't have to charge for like, at least for me, I'm like, oh, I don't have to charge for all that. Like, actually, no, there, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a business. You have Mm -hmm. to make money for it to Mm -hmm. be a business. Mm -hmm. So that has definitely been the biggest mindset. And then I think the other one that I don't know if I got over it quickly, but I remember like being nervous about putting myself out there and put putting my face on. Like, I think I sent you a message and I was like, I'm shocked. I just looked back at my social media and the last like six posts were all pictures of me. What is going on? Because like, <laughs> I never would have thought that I would do that. Like I always thought I would just like be behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how. So just like being okay with being visible, talking about my business, talking about the the problem I'm solving and all that um, was something that I just, I honestly don't think I had to tackle. I think I had to tackle it, but I think I tackled it through action. Mm. Like I didn't like the the money one. I like sat down and I had a, a conversation with myself. Like I had to get through yeah. that. But the like visibility piece, I know that that was a roadblock for me because I didn't want to do it at first. And then all of a sudden I was doing it and I looked back and I was like, whoa, who are you? You, you went live like for the last three weeks, you have pictures of you, like you're on clubhouse talking what's going on. And I honestly think that action was what propelled me through the yeah. mindset block that I had. And I didn't even know it until mm-hmm. I looked back and I was like, oh, just doing it just made you feel more comfortable doing it. Yeah. So many mindsets. Um, I love this example of visibility of like, you just got to do it scared. <laughs> like You just got to like close your eyes, hit the button and then open them and start mm-hmm. talking when you go live. Like, just, like you literally just yeah. have to do it scared <laughs> to realize, oh, it wasn't that bad. It, like you, you just have to, you actually move to your point. You move through the mindset by actually doing it and taking action, which means that you can't have this expectation that you take action after you're no longer afraid because you're never going to take action. <laughs> like you just, yeah. you have to do it scared. Listen, if you got to play a Beyonce song right before, if you got to do a power pose right before, like you do what you do, <laughs> you do it scared. And then on the other side, you'd be like, okay, I could do that yeah. again. I was just going to quickly share. I um, got to, in my second year of teaching, I got to go to India to visit Teach mm-hmm. for All. Mm. And this, I just want to share this because this is what mm-hmm. gets me through a lot of the visibility and mind trash stuff. One of the things we had to do was actually go on a bus into the slums of India and just like walk around and make a connection with a child. And a few people on the bus were like, I don't want to do this. I feel like I'm like, you know, going into their community, you know, had some feelings about it. And one of the students from Teach for All was on the bus and he was like, who do you think you are? Like you're like you're not that significant. You being in our community for an hour is not going to hurt anyone. And like <laughs> I know that sounds so bad, but I've always this was now this was my second year of teaching. This was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I always remember that because I'm just like, I can have an impact on lives of children and staff. I can be really significant in one moment and I can also be really insignificant. So like mm-hmm. it's okay for like me to put myself out there and I might be super significant to someone and I might be super insignificant and the world's going to keep on moving. Like the community will still be there. Like, so I think like just not taking yourself so, so seriously, what we do is really important, but it's okay to be insignificant, to, to be significant. Like it's okay to have both of those things and um, be that. So I don't know, just something yeah. to share, folks. Yeah, I like that because I, like I, I think this is probably the only time that I would use the word humble because I actually take issue with the word humble because I feel like people from marginalized communities have a disproportionate expectation to be humble because our, our taking up mm-hmm. space and yeah, claiming yeah. who we are and our gifts makes other people yeah. uncomfortable because of their own insecurities. And so I, I 
oftentimes take issue with the word humble because it's for me it's a it's oftentimes used as a as a way of putting us in our place. However, I do think that there there's a space for humility in what you were saying in this example of like this humility of people who are so nervous to go live and it's not about the follower count, but then I look at the followers and I'm like, you got less than a hundred followers. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you scared to post with less than a hundred people? Mm-hmm. Boo boo. Like I hear <laughs> like, you. Wait until but this yeah. is actually the safest place for you. Exactly. <laughs> like, like yep. this is this is the safest place for you to start experimenting because it is the first step of many. And if you can do it with a hundred, you can do it with a thousand, you can do it with, with 10,000, a hundred thousand. So I really appreciate you naming that of oftentimes we, and sometimes it could be ego. Sometimes it could be mindsets. It could be fears, but it's like, we begin to, to paint all of these narratives in our head of what could go wrong. And then when we like actually like pull back and map it back to the probability of what's the probability that you're going to get an internet troll with a hundred followers. Yeah. So Erica, I have, this is my last 1.2 question. What have been some of the wins you've had in your business since you, you started last January? I'm intentionally not using the word launch because I think there's a lot of connotations around the word launch. I got to have a website. I got to yeah. <laughs> own it you decided you're going to have a business, you launched. So since yep. January, what have been some of the wins you celebrated in your business? Yep. So, well, I think I definitely celebrated when I went live the first time. <laughs> so that was like a own personal win. I had gotten my first pretty big client um, that I worked with for the, well, May, June, and July. Nope. April, May, June. Um, mm. So three-month contract. So that has been great uh, to be supporting them. Mm-hmm. And I think another big win is that like folks are starting to um, reach out to me to collaborate or to have them support their like endeavors that they have going on. So that's mm-hmm. also really exciting. That's just showing like this confirmation that's showing up on Instagram and social media. Folks are seeing the work that I do and wanting to work together. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to build and I'm in a place where I'm I'm actually want to build slow because <laughs> I don't yeah. want the pressure of like <laughs> this big growth um, or pressure to have to feel like I have to grow fast so I'm excited about like the small things that I see a few thousand viewers on my reel oh that's cool um <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's been it's been good to see like small wins that build oh the other thing is really exciting is my I put out a couple freebies and have gotten a good size email list, I think, to start. So that's been good. And I just now need to capitalize on uh, using it and, and talking to them more. But I'll get there. So Erica started the program in January. It is now May. Since that time, she has developed a consistent social media presence. She has conquered the mind trash of visibility and she has done it scared and has won (laughs) through going on IG Live, doing clubhouses. She's talked to potential her target client to be able to learn more about the problem. She's gotten clear on her problem. She's gotten clear on her service model and she has, has secured a contract. And so I'm just, just naming that one. And she's still working full time, y'all. And so naming (laughs) that runway for folks of like the things you've been able to accomplish. And here's just one of the last things that I'll name is this is a direct result of the effort work that Erica has put in. (laughs) So like I tell people, listen, I'll give you the road map, but I can't, I can't take the road for you. Like I can't drive your car. (laughs) I can't. I can't pull you down the road. I'll give you the road now. And the way that Erica has shown up consistently, even when she named, I was doing some co-working with people in Cycle 6. That was not a Cycle 6 thing. That was a self-organized thing that Erica and other people organize for themselves because community is so important of leveraging. That's the great thing about Get Launch Consulting is we're all educators. So guess what? 
90% of the time, your target client is in your, your same cycle as yeah. you. You got someone who's been a former principal. You got someone who's been a teacher. You got someone who's been a counselor. Like you have wisdom within the cycle that you can leverage. So just naming that the fruits that Erica just, just named for us are direct result of the seed she's intentionally planted and watered. And so just want to celebrate you and honor you and the work that you've done okay. and the work you're going to continue to do in your business. All of it has been intentional. You've been doing it scared and you've just been been pushing through the mind trust, which is just so beautiful to see. It's so beautiful to see. Erica, how can people get in contact with you and who should reach out to you? So the best way to contact me is here on Instagram. So you can send me a message or respond to a post. And I definitely am open to everyone contacting me, but I specifically support principals and districts with professional development strategy and just making sure that their PD is thoughtful, strategic, and high quality. Oh, I love it. I love it. Y'all show Erica some love in the chat and thank her for her time. uh, Someone had put a comment earlier that said this clearly has to be someone who who knows you, Erica, but they said that they've always loved your PDs. So... Yeah, so just name me. I love I love doing PD. I wish I could go do PD like all day now. <laughs> so that just name yeah. your receipt so she knows yeah. what she's talking about when it comes to PD. Erica, I'm super excited uh, for you, excited for your business. I'm always in your corner. I'm going to still be all up in your comments and like it, everything that you post. Um, (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited for you. We need you. Our world needs you. Our community needs you. So I'm just grateful for you and grateful for your business. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything, all of your support and everything you've taught us and having me here tonight. It's been really fun. Of course, of course. Well, be safe, be well. And, you you know, I'm going to talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye.